Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos, and this podcast was especially made for you if you are a woman entrepreneur who is building a business from the inside out. To me, that means that you're being very intentional with how you're growing your business and all the strategies that you're using to get it to do what you want to do so you can have a life that you really love. Today, you're in for a dose of feel-good wisdom. Kate Northrup joins me today, and we're having a conversation about what it means to do less in your business and your life. Kate's the New York Times bestselling author of Money, A Love Story, and Do Less, A Revolutionary Approach to Time and Energy Management for Busy Mamas. Kate embodies what I love so much about women. She is ambitious, vulnerable, driven, honest, and she wants to help women transcend into our next phase of joyful living. During our conversation, Kate talks very openly about why doing less is so important for women today. We talk about how to discover what you really want versus what others want for you, or even what your past self would have wanted, and how to cultivate a stillness practice that allows you to stay in tune with your inner voice. She talks about how she implements the 80-20 rule in her business, so she only does the 20% of things that bring her the biggest results, and only those things. She also shares a massively challenging season that she had last year with her husband being sick and pretty incapacitated and how she dealt with it. And she talks about the true power of knowing your menstrual cycle and the lunar cycles so you can be in sync with your life and your business. Kate is phenomenal, and I encourage you to share this episode with another amazing woman who needs to hear her brilliant message. All right, Kate, we're sitting here, and both of us are kind of mirror images of each other right now, very similar life cycles, I guess, or seasons of business. Both have two little ones, two little girls running businesses, you have got a lot going on out there in the world. You are very committed to showing up very intentionally and really wanting to impact women and how we do things. And I just recently read your book, Do Less. And I I want to get to the heart of why that is such an important concept to bring to the world of women today. It's so multi-layered. I recently was teaching a webinar that I haven't taught in a while. And it was like an updated version. And I, in there, I tell a story that my mom, so when I was born, my sister was two and a half years old. And my mom asked if she could go back to her medical practice. She just wanted to see if she could spend two extra hours with us one time a week on Mondays with me and my sister when I was six weeks old. So she just wanted to come in at 10 on Mondays instead of eight. And her medical practice said, sure, but we'll have to cut your pay in half. In half for two hours. In half. And so that was the mentality of women and working that I was raised within, where you couldn't show weakness, where anything other than putting your head nose to the grindstone was considered unacceptable. For the vast majority of my mom's career, her colleagues didn't even know she had kids. Wow. That's not that far away from us either. No. 
Yeah. I have a couple of clients who talk about that too. They're like, dude, this mompreneur thing is kind of a new concept. Like back in my career day, it was like, no, you don't even talk family when you're at work. Mm-hmm. No. And the idea that we, that these women had to separate such a critical part of themselves, which is the people who they love from what they did all day long is so heartbreaking to me. And also we live in a society that really celebrates working and being in action, even not only just working, but being in action, being in activity yeah. as, and, ha- and having something to sh- quote unquote show for our time as the only way that we judge our value. And yes. it's so toxic. Uh, women's health is being ravaged by this. Our mental well-being. I really, really believe that the reason postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, all of it is so vastly on the rise is because we're so ill-supported to transition into motherhood. To and and I think that like the reason depression is on the rise and anxiety is just because of the ridiculous pressure that our society puts on us and with associating our worth with what we do instead of who we are. And also I'm a really ambitious woman. (laughs) So it's like, okay, please talk about the marriage of those things because girl, I'm so feeling you right now. Like I'm so in the season right now, but, and I know you listening, like all of the biz women rock listeners are very ambitious women. Like they want to do big things. They want to do very purposeful and and intentional things. And so how do you do that? And pause. Yeah. How do we do both? Well, you know, I'm just figuring it out every day, but (laughs) I will say is we have to get so clear on what really matters to us. Like what are our actual desires? Not what are the things expected of us? Because women, we are taught to please other people and I don't know why this is coming to me, but I'm going to share my, one of my friends and teachers, Regina Thomas Howard, she wrote a book called Pussy, a Reclamation. And she also ran the Mama Gina School of Womanly Arts in New York, um, or does. And she says that women are taught, I think she says women are taught to please first, like before we are taught about our own pleasure. The way she says it is women are taught to please before they're taught to come, but that's like not really how I would say it. <laughs> she's really, she's she just like, did, so there it I is. I did, but anyway, she's just like that. So anyway, but it's it. so important to realize yes. that we have been raised to prioritize everyone else above ourselves and not only everyone else's needs, but everyone else's perception of ourselves. Because mm-hmm. as humans, our, our survival, especially as women, because we have historically been in such a dependent role, our survival has been dependent upon being pleasing to others so that we could literally eat and have shelter. And so going outside of that and saying like, what actually is my true desire? What's real for me versus what's expected of me is a revolutionary conversation to be having with it within yourself and the overdoing and the over functioning and the trying to get all the gold stars and this constantly being busy and the feeling guilty if you're taking a break and all of that stuff comes from the indoctrination of women, like how we are raised. We are raised yes. to be pleasing. And so it's so important to just look at that and to question it. And then to know we can still have big goals and desires, but they need to be separated out 
from what's true for us versus what's true for other people. And that is a complicated lifelong journey of separating those. It's like getting out your tweezers and saying, (laughs) this one's mine and this one's my mother's and this one's (laughs) mine and this one's my second grade teacher's. Like, and just really getting into that. So we can absolutely have, we can make great money and have a beautiful, we can, we can impact millions of people and also stay home with our kids a few days a week. Like whatever you want, you can do it. It just, you can't do it from the perspective of you having to do everything because that leads to burnout and resentment and adrenal fatigue. Oh, just brilliance in all of that. And I think that what I really want to come home to is that that is a consistently evolving process, figuring out what is yours and what is others' expectations or expectations that you've given yourself, maybe just that they're your expectations of you, but it's not really what you want. Or it's maybe something that made more sense 10 years ago. Yes. Yes, exactly. You know, like we recently stopped focusing on an aspect of our business or a couple years ago, we stopped focusing on an aspect of our business. And it was something I'd been focused on since I was 18 years old. So it was just like, wow. And I had some guilt about it. And I realized it was just because I hadn't updated my expectations of myself recently, you know, and it, it felt really good to say, well, I'm in a new season of my life. I'm in a new season of business. Of course, I'm not operating under the same expectations I would have of myself when I started my business at 18. Yeah. It's totally different. So what processes or tools or practices do you have and that you can recommend to get clear about those things? So right now I'm reading a great book called The Great Work of Your Life by Stephen Cope, which is really about Dharma and getting in touch with like the truth of who we are, our true nature and our true vocation and our true purpose. And I was really annoyed by all of that stuff before, to be perfectly honest, like until a couple (laughs) months ago, I was like, I don't think we all have a purpose. That's dumb. Um, (laughs) I've changed my mind. Um, And so that's been really helpful for me, but I also having some kind of stillness practice or some kind of practice where we come into conversation with ourselves. So for me, that looks like a variety of things, but usually I just meditate in my closet for 10 minutes a day. And honestly, when I say 10 minutes a day, I really mean like four days a week. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm very good. Yes. <laughs> right? Thank so you. It doesn't have to be like, listen, I know people who have this whole freaking three hour thing and, and it's just like not real for my life yeah. right now. Yep. Um, and that's lovely for them. And that's not <laughs> what I do. So I just coming into communion with ourselves, coming into conversation with ourselves, you can do that through, I do that through going to dance class one night a week and then being in the car with myself afterwards and just like feeling what comes up. And it's not even like, it's not like a big emotional catharsis, but like when I move my body in that way, I tap into the truth of who I am, and I get information that I wouldn't otherwise. Same thing with meditating in my closet. So being in conversation with ourselves. The other thing that's really important is to begin to tap into the different way that we are at different times of the month. So cyclical living is something that I teach about a lot. It revolutionized my own life. After my first baby, it changed everything. For me, I got so much more productive. I got so much more effective and I got so much more calm. And I really do believe it healed my anxiety. Was starting to pay attention to 
the different hormonal states that I went through every month. So there are four of them. There's four phases of a female menstrual cycle and noticing what my brain and emotions felt like and my body felt like at each phase of the month so that I could plan for it and so that I could support myself and not what I had always done was just expect myself to be full on foot on the gas all day, every day. And I, and I thought if I wasn't like that, that there was something wrong with me and that I should just push harder because that's what our culture has us believe. Men cycle hormonally every 24 hours. Women cycle hormonally every 28 days. Our world is set up, of course, on a 24-hour cycle. And so as women, the working world is not set up for the way our bodies work. Does that explain why my husband naps every single day? (laughs) And actually lets himself nap? Yeah. Yeah. What a beautiful... I love... First of all, I love that. Um, We could probably all stand to nap every day. Although I will say uh, half of the month, I don't feel like napping every day. Yeah, exactly. And that speaks true to this cyclical thing. By the way, I loved... I loved how in-depth and educational and and easy it was to understand in Do Less. Like when you really went through that, it wasn't the first time that I've heard that concept, but I was like, oh, oh, okay, I got it. Like this is really, it's it's not even like this is worth paying attention to. It's like, oh no, this really needs to be a part of how you to do it. Yeah. You have to do it. This is not, oh, that would be nice. This is like, for me, it's just basic survival. is knowing what my body's doing. And so when it comes to getting in conversation with yourself and uncovering like what's true for you versus what's true for others, knowing for me, now everyone's a little bit different, but for me, and I only know this through tracking my own experience, and this is what I recommend is that you track your own, your own experience over a 28 day period or however long your cycle is. And PS, if you're not having a cycle because you're pregnant or you're nursing or you're postmenopause or you've had a hysterectomy or there's so many reasons, or if you're, ha- if you're on hormonal birth control, this also won't apply. So I just say, just track your experience with the moon. And even if that sounds so woo woo to you, A, our bodies are made up of over 60% water and the moon's gravitational pull affects all water on the planet. It's what creates tides, even in lakes and ponds, even though they're not as major as the ocean, just because it's a smaller body of water. So our bodies are affected by the moon's gravitational pull. There's data that um, there are more emergency room visits on the full moon. There are more accidents on the full moon. There are more crimes committed on the full moon. Like That's not by chance. That's because as people, we are lunar. Some people are more affected by it than others. But anyway, I'm just saying... The, if you're not having a period, the moon is there. It's just something in the sky that you can keep track of to right. track your own experience. But for me, I notice that I get the best intuition. I'm the, able to be the most connected with myself when I'm having my period. And mo- for most of us, our left and right hemispheres are the most interconnected during that time. So you'll get the best insight because your intuition is dialed way up. And it's a really inward time. The ovulation is the opposite end of the spectrum of your menstrual cycle. And ovulation is the most outward time you are available to make a baby, right? And then menstruation is the complete opposite. You're all the way inward. You are not fertile in an outward way at all, but it's a very fertile inward time. So it's a great time to ask yourself the big questions like, should I stay with this person or not? Should I move in this business direction or not? Should I move my house? Like, 
that's a great time to get insight and clarity quickly. And when I have coaching clients or girlfriends who are like, I don't know, should I do this? Should I launch these things at the same time? Should I do a webinar? Should I do an online challenge? What about this freebie? What about that course? Should I do a membership? Like all the questions, right? Yeah, yeah. I will say, well, where are you in your cycle? And they'll say like, I'm on day 20. And I'm like, well, can you wait until day one? Can you just wait a week to make this decision? Because I think you're going to have a lot of clarity mm-hmm. and make the decision way faster on day one or two of your period. And, and I, this, you might be listening, thinking like, this is really weird. It really works. So I don't care Um, if it's weird. (laughs) No, we, um, so I actually had Pleasant Salicki on the podcast probably about a year ago. And she talked about this exact concept, which is aligning, aligning your business activities with your cycle so that you know, yeah. So you know, like, Hey, these are the this is the week or these are the days when I'm going to feel like boom, 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 superwoman, get it done. Right. And then these are the days when I'm needing to go inward and naps all day long and maybe get one thing done and that needs to be okay. So it's for me, knowing that in addition to all of the actual practical benefits of like when to schedule things, right. And when to allow yourself to be in tune with things that need to get done in your business, in your life, it's just as important to know that so that you can let go of the expectation of be needing to be the person who's on all the time and producing all the time. And it's like, oh, why am I so exhausted? Oh, oh, that's why. And maybe, maybe actually a couple of days of just going inward and being quiet and relaxing a little bit more is actually in the grand scheme of things, more quote unquote productive because it that's is. really what you need, right? Yeah. And you'll get so much more done in the other phases when you've allowed yourself to fully go into rest and recuperation to the extent that you can. I mean, listen, I have two small children. You have two small children. It's not like I'm going into the red tent for a week. (laughs) I mean, right? Like I'm still changing diapers. Uh I'm still making snacks. I'm still doing bedtime. I'm still making dinner. So I'm saying to the degree that your life allows. And I'm still showing up for our business also, but I just try to dial it back during that time. I want to talk a little bit about seasons of life and business. In particular, I want to talk about really hard seasons. Seasons that, whether they're days, weeks, months, even years possibly, that are just really heavy. And in the through the lens of business, I know that you talked about last year being a really challenging season for you. For, for your business, of course, but for everything else because your husband was really sick. So... I would love to hear a little bit more about kind of what was going on and what you did to get through that. Yeah. So what was going on... So basically, my second daughter was born in April of 2018, and I had planned a five-month maternity leave. So I had pre-done all my content. We were sort of dialed in. We were ready to go. My husband had planned to take a month off, more or less, because we're business partners. So great. And... He got really sick like the day Ruby was born. He went home from... He actually left us at the hospital and went home. My mom came in to relieve him because he was so uncomfortable. He couldn't even be there uh, with me and the baby. So he broke out into a full body rash that made his, his whole head blew up. His eyes swelled. He had red itchy skin all up his arms and it eventually took over his whole body. And it was off and on from April until October. 
and it made it so that he really like was so uncomfortable that he, he worked a little bit, but he ended up taking like nine months off unexpectedly more or less. And so increasingly our team took over his, his roles. And, um, I did go back to work after five months. And, and then in October of 2018, he became incapacitated. Like it was so bad that he could barely get out of a chair and he couldn't stand for more than five minutes. So he couldn't do the dishes. He couldn't like, there was nothing he could do. And so he was very ill. He dropped 40 pounds in a month and his whole skin peeled off like over and over and over again. And he was in extreme pain, as you can imagine, cold all the time. He was like wearing his winter parka inside the house and shivering. And this is a man who's like, would love to keep our house at 62 degrees at all times (laughs) and wear shorts in the middle of January in Maine. So it was bizarre. Yeah. Um, and so that was awful there. We didn't know he, we didn't know what he had. We didn't know, you know, what was going on. So that part was very scary. And then also we have, I had at that time a seven month old and a three-year-old and we had this huge live event coming up in two weeks. And, you know, we just had our company with these employees who like, needed the income to pay their mortgages and feed their kids. And it was, it's just like, he was down for the count. And so he was sick like that really bad for a month, but it was pretty bad for like three months. And I would say kind of the end mid January to the end of January, he started coming out of it and and he started working again in February ish of 2019. Did they ever figure out what was wrong with him? So I think it's multifactorial for sure. I think it started off as like pretty severe eczema. And then he went on three rounds of prednisone. So um, full body systemic steroids. And then I think he got what's called red man syndrome, which is actually steroid withdrawal. So I think the very thing he went on to take care of the thing caused a much more severe illness. And then I also know that he was needed to go on this spiritual healing journey. And it was just sort of like a major healing crisis. And he came out of it a different person. And, you know, that's really his story to tell, but he's 95% of the way better. And, and he's, and he's, it's great. And like, we're better than ever. As a result though, it was a really hard year. Cause here's what I see of- in all of that is like, okay, Kate's holding the world on her shoulders and just yeah. Kate. <laughs> that. I was really hard, especially because my husband is extremely capable and like, you know, my friends come over and they're like, Oh my God, like Mike is always doing something. And he, you know, he, he more than does his share of childcare and house stuff and like all the, all of it. So it wasn't like having somebody drop out who, you know, every now and again, took out the trash. It was like, my partner is gone. So First of all, I have realized that I just didn't know how bad it was. And I really only let myself know that within the last couple of months. Mm. Because we have to reserve our resources for just making it through. And I think that's a beautiful adaptive strategy of humans is denial. Um, So that's my do less strategy for you today. You know what? There's so much truth to that. It, but the funny part is, is that like when you're, when you, it's almost like when your body is finally ready to like get it and to like actually deal with what I'm sure is the tsunami of stuff. Okay. That's when it'll hit, you know? Yes. And, um, yeah. 
Yeah, actually, I just, within the last month, my hair started falling out. And I was like, this is so weird. You know, I'm 16 months postpartum. There's no reason my hair would be falling out now. You know, I am still nursing, but that's ridiculous. And I was like, should I get my thyroid checked, whatever? And my holistic doctor was like, well, actually, that's a thing that happens six to nine months after a really stressful event. And I was like, oh, so my body is just catching up and like all my hair fell out. So um, that was a bummer. But the nugget... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's just staring. But if that happened to you, you know, you might track back what, what was happening six to nine months before. But the nugget was basically, I minimized energetic expenditure so that I could go all in on what was necessary and nothing that was not necessary happened. So yes. I was not trying to be a good daughter or trying to like call my friends back in a timely manner. I was not caring what my house looked like really to some degree. Although I have to say, I am the kind of person who like, if I can just put the pillows the way they need to go on the couch before I go to bed, I feel so much better about my life. <laughs> and it, you know, and it takes like three minutes. So, yeah. <laughs> so I did still a few of those things. You know, I wasn't like, I wasn't work. I wasn't trying to be the fittest person. I wasn't like trying to lose baby weight. I wasn't trying to do any of those things. I was just like, okay, I need to, I had already identified the 20% of activities that get me 80% of the results in, in our business. Um, that's a practice that I believe in hardcore. And if you can do that, you'll save yourself massive amounts of time and your business will grow. But really do it. Like not just in theory. So many people, we know about the 80-20 rule. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Write out a list and then only do those things. Yeah. It'll change everything. And so everything that wasn't that, I just didn't do. And then I just asked for help like crazy. So, you know, my across the street, I, I let my neighbors know what was going on. My across the street neighbor, Sweet Carol, was texting me in the morning, 6.30 a.m. No need to call, but just, I'm just letting you know, Joe's coming over to take out your trash. You know, this person was doing that. And then my other neighbors like would came down one night to just check on me and the girls and see how everything was going. And they like saw that I was struggling. So they brought the dinner they had already made from their house to serve it to me and my kids and then did all my dishes, mm-hmm. you know, just like little things like that. And I allowed for that to happen. And when people asked me how I was, I was honest. And I was like, we're having a really hard time. We're struggling. And, um, and so then I was a, like, then people knew. So I wasn't trying to be stronger than I was. Yeah. And that was really helpful as, as women, as humans, we struggle so much with asking for help because we think it makes us, it's a sign of weakness. And I just wouldn't have made it without asking for help. So it wasn't a sign of weakness to me. It's a sign of strength. Cause it was like, I got to keep my kids alive. I got to keep myself alive. we got to keep the business alive. I got to keep my go. I don't know what's happening with them. So the only way I can possibly do that is if I ask for help. And then when we ask for help, when we say we're, we, need, we're, we can't do it all, then it makes us so much more available for the next person when they can't do it all and they need help because I didn't go down. I knew I couldn't go down because my kids wouldn't have, I don't know what would have happened to them. So I had to get help in order to stay up. Yeah. And then it made me available to do that. Like, you know, then when a girlfriend a couple months later needs help, like then we're available because Mike got better. And we're like, absolutely. Cause now we have extra cause we were able to receive back then. So I really do believe the giving and the receiving of help is so critical for this time where we need to move from independence to interdependence. Yes. I'm reading the book, The Power of Receiving right now. Hmm, cool. It's Amanda Owen. 
And it, it's I, my, you know, I choose a, a word for the year for the past couple of years and my word this year is receive. Mm, and awesome. um, it is such a very different experience when I'm making decisions or when I'm having like things going off in my head about, well, what about this? And what about this? Like that word comes up in my head a lot. I'm like, if that's what I'm here for this year, if that's what I'm really here to own, how can I receive? And, and it's so, I love that you said that not only did you ask for help, but you like received it. Like, I think some of us can take a half step and actually saying, yes, I need help, please help. But then we're like, not fully open to receive. Cause then we're like, no, no, you can only do this. Like, no, you don't need to come in the house. No, you don't need like, I continue, you know, with an eight month old and a three and a half year old, like it has been, a, and my husband travels a lot. And so it has been a lot of little mini seasons of single momming it and figuring out all of these things. Right. And I recently had a, I made a post on, on Facebook a couple of weeks ago about how momming is the harder job, you know, like no matter how rough business goes, momming is a harder job. And I made this beautiful post shouting out to all the moms out there. And out of the blue, my friend Rosemary, who I've known for 10 years, texts me and says, I'm going to be in your area next week. Tell me what I can do to help. I'm coming over to do dishes. By the way, I'm stopping by Whole Foods. What do you need here? And for three days, she came over and just loved on me. But here was the most important part. I let her. Yes. I let her. Like I let her. I was just like, I don't care that you see how disgusting my house is. Yeah. I don't care that you see it. Like I, I consciously had to tell myself not to apologize for things and just receive it. And she, after all of that, like there, there were days where like she'd be watching my baby while I was doing some other projects or there'd be mm-hmm. days when she was cleaning my house while I watched the baby, you know, like, and after all of that, she, <laughs> she sent me like a little shutterfly book of all the pictures that she took while she was there with like all these like little stories on it. And I'm like, seriously? So it's just like that where it's just like, I, you realize what a gift that is in really rough seasons of like, just receive. And it's okay just to receive, like yeah, just to receive it, you know? Not only is it okay to receive it, you are give, doing a disservice to the person giving if you're not willing to receive yes. it. Because I know your friend, Rosemary, I'm sure she walked away from that three days feeling amazing and totally filled up. And I know that when I've been able to show up for friends who need me, I feel amazing. And it is such an honor and it's such a gift to be yeah. there for them. Especially if you are somebody who's really strong and tends to really have her stuff together and seems like she always has it together. When a person like that asks you for help, you feel like a million bucks. Cause you're like, wait, wow. Like I have a few friends, you know, who have reached out to me for help in business or whatever. And I really look up to them. And so it's such an honor to be able to give back in that way to them. And yeah, it does. It makes me feel amazing to give them help. In this moment of time where you are right now, where you have been working and been, I'm going to put, you know, quotes of success around the word success, but you have constantly been evolving yourself as a businesswoman, as a woman, as a mother, as a wife, like you are, you're somebody who is very deeply aware of who she is and always wanting to, to evolve. Right. So where you stand right now, what would you tell that 18 year old girl when she was starting out in business? What would you tell her now? I would tell her that there's no hurry. Mm. I would tell, I would tell her that she can take the space she needs and to not be afraid to slow down, to ask the bigger questions of what am I doing this for? What really matters to me? I, 
have zero regrets. I mean, I really like had the time of my life when I was in my twenties starting my business and I got myself into so much debt and I, you know, made some decisions that I would not make again. And so I think everything worked out beautifully and always we have things. Right. And so that would be it. Like, like to stop trying to rush to the next phase of my life and instead embrace the season I'm in. And I'm sure that, you know, when my kids graduate from high school and leave the house, I will want to come back and tell myself the same thing. Like, don't rush the moment. Don't wish it away. Cause you know, there's this great, I get my best like spiritual wisdom from country Western songs and there's this <laughs> country song um, that it's, you're going to miss this. Yeah. I, I just think, girl that has been going on in my yeah, head so much. Song is so good. It makes me cry every time. And it's just like all the hard things, even when both of my kids are sitting crying at dinner and I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, Oh my God, everybody stop crying. I know that I'm going to miss some aspects. I'm not going to miss everything, Um, (laughs) but I'm going to miss some aspects. And so I miss some aspects of my twenties. And I think that in those early days when I was just getting started, I so badly wanted to be further ahead Mm. than I was and somewhere else than I was. And I wish that I had just been where I was a little bit more. Mm. So beautiful and so wise. I want to conclude by asking you, what is your hope for women right now? Because I feel like by nature of there being so much amazing work out there, like I'm really glad that the market is flooded with people like you talking about women reconsidering how they do life, right? Mm -hmm. And really getting in touch with who they are so that they can live life, what I call from the inside out. And that also makes me feel like globally, we're like transcending, right? We're transcending from the woman whose job it was to get married, raise kids, and that's what you did. And then, okay, now you go work and you secretly have a family and you try to do both, right? I feel like there is this transcendence happening of, hang on a minute, we don't want to do all the things. We want to do what's important to us. And so what is your ultimate hope for women in this discussion that you are in the middle of right now? My ultimate hope for women is for us all to source our sense of success, whatever that means for us, through our innate unique biology, honestly, to source our success from inside, from our bodies, from how our, how we actually function as opposed to trying to function in a system that was not created for us. So it's to change the system from the inside out and uh, build new ones that are actually designed for our well-being and for the reality and the beauty and the majesty of living in a female body or aligning with feminine energy. Just so gorgeous. Kate, it has been such a tremendous honor to have this conversation with you. I'm so thankful that you're here. Make sure if you have not yet read Money, A Love Story or Do Less, go get both right now. I'll put links for both in the show notes. 
Thank you so much for being here. And please make sure to follow Kate on Instagram. You got a pretty awesome Instagram page, girl. I'm, Thank I you. love the stories you tell. You are a very good storyteller. And I just appreciate you so much on behalf of all of my listeners. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 